Hey, Mark. Hey, Gabe. Uh, I'm assuming you're still at home. You better be. I I am still at home. I'm still, I'm exactly where I was the last time you talked to me, and I have not moved very far from this place. I, too, am still at home, uh, as are all New Yorkers and many, many other uh, Americans and people around the world. And we should say, just because I'm always concerned about the timeliness issue, future generations... 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years from now, they're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As they will. As they will. To this document, <laughs> this is like, you know, part of the American Museum of Folk Art or something. Yeah. Um, it's good that we know that while we're making it. And we know we know the import. Um, so we can provide services like, you know, explaining where we're at in history. You know, just as a quick sidebar to that, you, I've, I've been involved in this editing project um, editing, you know, the kind of journals of this 19th century writer, and I'm constantly, constantly going back and forth with my co-editor, being like, it really seems like he is writing this for the record, <laughs> like with the idea that he will be read 50, 100 years from now, and like you know, there's a kind of authorial psychopath who does do that. They're like, my 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 archives are going to be part of the story of american culture yeah but that's that's just kind of like live your best life right like that's you know like live live your life as if that's gonna happen and then that's carefully cultivate your public persona so that you're able to control your image at at all costs well that sort of amounts to the same thing it's just the best life that you've created as a fiction of yourself (laughs) right yeah but I wanted to say we should say that the thing that we are here we are in week I don't even know what five it's about five yeah of the coronavirus uh, pandemic in which we're all at home, uh, yeah. locked indoors for the most part, and uh, and practicing what we now call social distancing. Social distancing. Yeah. So that's, that's our situation. And we've been trying to, like everybody, I think, probably most of the population of the country, I hope, have been trying to figure out ways to just kind of get through it and so in our last episode uh we talked about a couple of those things that were helping us get through it indeed and we're going to talk about a couple more so gabe do you want to go first yeah again i'm going to start with one that is like an anti getting me through it which is that today uh we went uh as a family to brooklyn bridge park which we've done a couple times it's a lovely park where you can see the water and there's not a lot of action in the water or in the air these days but it's kind of uh, it's just a lovely park to see the city from. And it's actually not that bad about keeping distance from other people. So we went, we wore our bandanas, and uh, Lonnie had an awesome time. And then we saw Rudy Giuliani uh, uh, just hanging go. out, just hanging out in the park, doing Come a photo on. op with some parks department <laughs> you people. Did not. Yeah, we did. And uh, took his photo. Gave him the finger, uh, felt like yelling, but then felt like it would upset and confuse Lonnie, who would be like, what? And then we had to tell him that that was a very mean man. That uh, (laughs) Christine was like, he was very bad for our city. And if you just look at him, he looks like a bad man. He He looks like a a villain, you know? He he took down all these mobsters once upon a time, and ever since then, he's just done nothing but garbage. I'm just saying that Lonnie would clock that guy. You know, he would like look at him and be like, oh, fuck, yeah, that guy. Yeah, well, the the kids can tell. Also, uh, Rudy and his entourage and these Parks Department people, no gloves, no face masks, really close to each other, hugging, like literally the thing, the very thing that will get you 
this thing. So uh, I don't wish ill on anybody, so I won't go down that road. But that was a bummer uh, to have to encounter that asshole. And I think he's like selling, I feel like he's one of the people who's like selling snake oil cures or whatever. But anyways, uh, the things that are getting me through, uh, there's two I want to talk about. One is happened tonight, but there's tons of these, these like live DJ things, which I think exist in the world anyway. There's like Boiler Room and there's like a million, you can tune in to DJs all the time, but it's, um, it seems like there's just even more of a wealth of that in the world. And in particular, Jarvis Cocker does this like Saturday night dance party. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like, you know, it's like 11 o'clock their time, but it's like six o'clock our time. So it's like a dinner hour. And last week, Lonnie and I like had an awesome little dance party to um, like B-52s and Stereolab. And it was just like so fun. And then there's another, there's a record, there's a small record store called Human Head in New York. And they're doing a bunch of uh, live DJ things with like either their store clerks or people that they know. And those are also just really fun if you just like happen to catch it. And then, of course, there's like D-Nice and, and the Questlove is doing them all the time. And it's just like fun to tune in, you know, like to these things and just like kind of like look into somebody else's house, which I still think is like one of the like wonderful aspects of this that will like carry with us. Yeah. It's like horrible time. Anyway, then the other thing is also musical. It's that it's like it's new age music, which I'm partly I'm prepping the most like chill vibrational music that I can amass for our forthcoming birth, uh, which is approaching uh, very quickly. And two, I'm just like realizing that all these people I know and our guest today is one of them have a wealth of information about, you know, what is called new age music, but like is really kind of like a big span of a lot of different kinds of stuff. And I'm just like loving it. It's a, it's like super great to chill out to, <laughs> you know, like that's the point. And like, I can mm-hmm. work with it on and it makes me feel calm. And then also it's just like, I don't know anything about this music and there's so much of it and it's really cool. So that's mine. So I've got a couple actually. Um, I, I had one, but, but your new age thing reminded me of, of a second one that's music related. And this started happening to me a couple weeks into the quarantine when I just was not, I was not able to settle on music that was kind of felt appropriate or nothing felt right. Nothing matched the moment, nothing matched the mood. And then for some reason I started listening to parliament Mm. and I was like, this is perfect. (laughs) This is exactly what I want. And I was like, why is this so perfect? And how come I can sit here and listen to like four hours of Parliament and be totally content? Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that it's awesome, but like, what is it about it that's speaking to you? And then I was like, well, there is no group that better sonically embodies what it's like to kind of like be together in a wild and unstructured way, even though obviously it is quite structured, but you know, with other people than parliament parliament is the sound of people being together and it's the sound of a collective mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. sound of like it's all of the things you can't have right now yeah. and it's so joyous that on the one hand there's a little bit of melancholy being like well i really can't experience this firsthand on the other hand it was very satisfying and that i felt like i was getting a nutrient that i had suddenly been deprived of besides sunlight you know and vitamin d which i am also actually deprived of uh right now so that's one thing. Like, if you're gonna go, the, if you want the calming direction, there's there's new age. But if you are missing the party, 
Parliament, and we also have the advantage of YouTube just has some really great live sets from from Parliament uh, available to you bet, as yeah. well. And those are just man, really, really makes makes me wish I'd been able to see them in their in their heyday in the you know mid to late seventies would have been just incredible. Um, so there's that. Yesterday was yesterday was Eddie Hazel's birthday. Oh my God! I so didn't know okay, that. No. Uh, uh, we Perfect. have our guest. Our guest has been chiming in. He will get his. Sorry, introduction. I'll shut up. No, no, no! no, no don't no, shut no. up! Don't shut up! Yeah, yeah. Um, we just we, you gotta you gotta we, warning people right. This is not a glitch, a ghost in the machine. Somebody <laughs> not hacked our, our Google yeah. Hangout. Some, right. um, some an, annoying gnome in your uh, <laughs> yeah. microphone. Um, and the other thing is this morning, I've been having a kind of similar problem with reading, which we had kind of talked about last time, which is I haven't really been able to settle into anything and kind of devote it my full, I just, I'm just distracted. It's hard to read something. And for whatever reason, this morning, I pulled a, down a volume of the novelist, short story writer, Joy Williams, off the shelf, uh, her collection, The Visiting mm. Privilege which was at the time it was selected stories and then also a handful of new ones. And man, just, it was just perfect. She is so, she's just such a master. She, you know, is writing in this kind of Gothic tradition in certain ways. You can really kind of like feel the Flannery O'Connor, but she's just so funny and strange. And it's just, if you are kind of missing if you miss the intensity of being able to read for long stretches undistracted i would recommend the short stories of joy williams which are very intense in in small doses and um and a good way to kind of because i read one i was like i'll read one and i was like wow i really want to read another oh wow i really want to read another i want to read another so you know i think that this is part of perhaps my sort of aesthetic and cognitive retraining that I'm going to have to undergo uh, yeah. under these conditions. So, well, I, I think we have a, I think we have a book of hers around here, so I'll try one and see how it goes. I, well, yeah, Kiss Your Morning Goodbye, and that's where it's going, uh, <laughs> to Joy Williams. So Parliament and Joy Williams, that's my, that's my recommendation. Those are good. And, uh, well, very soon we'll hear uh, uh, recommendations from our guest, who is mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Hall. Uh, an excellent human being, a longtime friend of mine, and he's also the drummer from the band The War on Drugs. And we're going to talk uh, about faking it, because that's what this show is. <laughs> it's a show where we check our cultural blind spots, make up for past wrongs, and come to term with terms with the shameful lies we've told. Oh, and you we're going how... to get Charlie to do that. <laughs> you know how oh, it God. makes me feel when you read the logline, Gabe? It yeah. just makes me feel alive. Yeah, it feels great. It's like we we figured out what we're doing, <laughs> and then terrifying. we keep repeating it every time. And, it, and it's like, yeah, we are doing that. Hey, uh, Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Hi. Welcome. How? Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's nice to have it's nice you. Nice to have you. It's sort of here somewhere. Yeah, as here as we can be. And you're not yeah. you're not in New York. No. Tell us a little no. bit about how your how your stuff has been going uh, where you're at. Well, yeah, we work. I guess we're just finished up week four of you know sort of stay at home homeschool everything at home um although this week was was the school spring break so you know i have two kids that are in school so we try to honor that as best we could with every day being groundhog day and Uh sort of like how does what is spring break you know yeah 
but um you know it's been it's been uh it's it's been interesting and it's been cool and um it's been a little bit of everything honestly i mean it was thursday was you know was the day that the governor announced that schools were shut for the rest you know things had been indefinite mm-hmm. and thursday was the day that they announced that it was like for the rest of the school year and that was actually quite sad because one of my younger son especially which just was you know incredibly sad and you know they both miss their friends and they both love school you know they're just like both kind of like you know they're school kids like they just yeah. they love it they love the whole thing it's they such a bummer it's like hard to imagine yeah. what that must feel yeah, like. like you know you always think like oh cool no school you know but it's actually like you know kids like routines man like yeah. and structure and and you know fortunately they both are like you know enjoy like the the actual sort of um work aspect of it mm-hmm. like, you know they enjoy enjoy um you know math and 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 all that stuff so uh in addition to the social stuff yeah. so anyway it's uh you know we're just i mean above all it's just like we're i feel like grateful for you know the roof over our heads and and grateful to have food to eat and um you know grateful for you know a lot of laughs we we have yeah. a lot of laughs in this house but you know it's it's also it's 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 a a sad time and you know for a lot of people and in a sort of a scary time and um you know it's interesting to think about you know being 10 or 14 years old you know and and sort of like this is like something that will they'll forever have you know as a marker of time yeah however long it is i mean obviously the world will change in some ways you know forever from this but um also on a smaller time frame they'll just sort of be this this marker of their life that you know well, this thing that happened. Yeah, and it's gonna be written on all of us, but it's like it's definitely gonna be so formative for them in terms of an yeah. understanding of the way the world works and the way that human beings are and what mortality mm-hmm. is like and all that all that stuff. It's heavy, you know? Yeah. Um I, yeah. I, I don't have kids, so I don't find myself thinking about this stuff that much, but if you don't feel comfortable answering either of you uh, answering this question, that's fine. Can I have your children? I'm just kidding. My real, my actual, uh, my actual question is, um, like, how do you, how do you want your kids to remember this? Lonnie's very young and may well not remember. Yeah, Lonnie's three. I don't, I don't know that he'll have a very. He might have a vague Mm. memory of what this was like in the aftermath. Yeah, but But Charlie. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's a really good question. I, I've never. I've not really thought, looked at this through that lens. I mean. I'm not sure. I, I, I think um, there's so many different ways to look at this. I mean, one is just sort of our time together as a family. You know what I mean? Like, there's that, like how we, you know, how we treat each other and what what goes on in our own little bubble here. But how do I want them to remember this? I mean, God, I, I, I'm, I wish I had something really deep or insightful to say. I mean, I, I, it's just still, there's so many, I have so many questions about what's really going on and like how the, how the world is going to change. So on one level, I think this is like pushing us, you know, five to 10 years into the future on some for, on some just small dumb things like, yeah, like we probably are going to like get our groceries delivered, Yeah, you know, like that was going to happen anyway, but like things like that, are probably just going to happen sooner. I mean, I love going to the grocery store, so I just got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, no, but there will be there will be shifts like that that we can't. There's even, just like little things, yeah. and 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 like I I've sort of 
last year kind of like stepped off of like the social media thing but i you know i've been thinking about that lately like i for no real reason i just i don't know why i just sort of i mean i had instagram i sort of stopped looking at it, but it's like that's that's it's really cool that that is a way that people are connecting and and been trying to you know like it's just been nice like seeing people like th- even right now there's like seeing you gabe like i haven't seen you and you know, yeah. for how how long? You know, it's just oh, nice wow. to see your face, yeah. like even though it's on a screen. Yeah. You know, and I've been talking to friends like this, and you know, and I don't ever like Facetime with my mom. You know, like yeah. we just talk on the phone or so. But you know, I've been doing that. So you know, like the the digital ways of us all connecting is is something that is is definitely you know very cool. Yeah, and I think you know, even though even though who knows what Lonnie will remember of this or whatever, but I do think the thing that I do hope he takes away from it is like the things that we're trying to impart in him about community and about our family being a unit and about mm-hmm. people that he cares about being important to him and maintaining connections with them even if we can't see them all the time. Because he mm-hmm. knows that and he knows that he can't see and he's confused and and you know his friends from school like he he like misses them but he doesn't get some of the zoom calls yeah. with them and it's like chaos but I, oh my god yeah that must I be mad it's, it's insane it's just like you know 12 children screaming and running around and off off camera and, <laughs> and i think that that the fr- the frenetic mess or of uh, that for him is a little overwhelming but even through that i think he you know he really values when we have a one-on-one with one of his friends or or with mm-hmm. his grandparents or whatever. So mm-hmm. just try and keep that up. I mean, we'll see what comes next, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, let's, um, let's get into a different gear and, uh, and, and uh, look into the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one thing I would say um, is that, you know, I would sort of presume, I mean, I know, I know to a certain degree that you, you're someone who's probably had a lot of similar experiences that we've had, uh, particularly in regards to music growing up and coming of age in terms of discovering the things that you're into and meeting other people into mm-hmm. music and then probably encountering a lot of people who are trying to have pissing contests with you running the risk of mm-hmm. sort of like getting found out if you don't know the cool thing or, or being a poser or whatever. And I guess right. I just wanted to start out by asking like, you know, was that a thing for you growing up or even later in, into it, slightly into adult life or was it the kind of thing that you, you know, brushed off and, and wasn't a big deal to you. Cause I think that people come at this in different ways. Some people are just like, Oh, it doesn't matter what other people are having a problem with. I'm on my own journey versus like, it really matters yeah. what other people think of me, even if they're, even if they're annoying or horrible. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, for on a certain level to me, like it, since I can remember, you know, since, you know, since I was like three or four years old, like music has been a connector more so than like something like a divider, you know, like it's just been a connection point for, I mean, probably almost all of my, you know, friendships in life. And, and, um, it's just something that I think starting to play instruments at an early age, you know, like music just was like always the thing that I was, I would like meet older kids. And it was like, I, you know, like just sort of expanded my, my outlook on, you know, social stuff and, and, you know, and on life. And so to be honest, that's, that really is like how I feel like music has, has 
played into my life. Like, I mean, the, and then, you know, so there was definitely, I feel like the one, the one example I could think of, you know, in terms of like, you know, the competitive. And then I was also like sort of, um, for better and for worse, I think, you know, grew up in a pretty like nurturing environment where it was like, you know, start a band and like, you know, it was cool and not like super competitive. And even in college, it was college. It was like, you know, I, I studied, psychology and music history and theory. I wasn't like a performance major. It wasn't like a cutthroat, like you're going to go to conservatory type of thing. It was like a a very different, different side of, of, you know, music education. And so, but then, you know, I would say like the one experience in my life or the one sort of like area of my life was like when I in, in San Francisco, like as a young adult, you know, like playing, playing straight ahead jazz gigs and like, you know, you like show up to the gig, not knowing necessarily who the, you know, like I know who I got the call from. So like maybe I knew the bass player, but you know, it'd be like some, you know, piano player and some, so there's, and there's definitely like in that world, you know, there's a little bit, especially I feel like, you know, with like younger, like jazz heads, there's like a little bit of that, like, you know, show offy, like acrobatic thing. And so I definitely like remember a few, I remember being, you know, like 22 and like getting, you know, a call for a gig and showing up and just like getting like just chewed out on the bandstand by like a piano, you know, like by like an older, you know, it was like, I, I, I remember this one gig specifically, you know, it was like, it was all, and you know, this was like before, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I guess nowadays, like I probably, if I was like, if you got called for a gig like that, somebody would probably be like, oh, we're going to, you know, probably play like something from maybe these 40 or 50 tunes. And you maybe like do some, you can do some quick, like little bit of research and like listen to the stuff yeah. or, you know, whatever it was yeah. like, you know, this was like pre any, you know, pre obviously any of that stuff. So I showed up and it was all like pretty intense like art blakey charts and like you know like like free for all stuff like great tunes but it was just like i was like not ready for this you know like yeah and like, they let you know oh in some cases yeah this yeah. one dude did i mean like you know this is one like super aggro piano player who was like older and he was, you know hot shot and i was just like he was like giving me the eye and i was just like oh jesus man like i am just trying to hang on for dear fucking life here man you know, so that's like, you know, so there, there's, I think in that world of like, you know, gigs like that, where you're, you're like, you don't always know who, you know, like who the band is you're playing with and you're playing four hours a night and it's like gets intense and it's like choppy and like, I can, you know, I, I felt like I knew tunes and like, I can swing like I, you know, like confidence in certain aspects, but I'm like, not like a, I'm not like a, um, you know, I'm not like looking to get into like a, you know, 20 minute drum battle with somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm a little more interested in like, you know, swinging hard and, and being, being like a part of a part of the thing, you know? I mean, I think in some cases like that's, you know, just sort of natural competitiveness and that's how some people are. And I think, but I think that almost right. always it's like, it matters so much more to them. What if that's a negative interaction that you have, you know, if they're like putting you down or if they're telling you, Oh, you don't, 
you don't know the song. Oh, that's that's pretty lame. You right, know, like, right. That has a lot to do with them and almost nothing to do with you, even though you're the recipient. It's funny. Of it. It's so funny you say that because I just saw that the dude who called me for that gig, the tenor sax player. I saw him. We did a gig together uh, earlier this year, or you know, um, like last October. Yeah. And I was like, man, do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that gig when you called me and we were playing like all those Blakey charts? And I was like, who is that fucking piano player, man? And like, you know, I told him like about my experience. Like, yeah. you know, that was like very much my own personal, like my own personal health. And yeah. it was just like mine. And uh, I was like, man, that was like such a, that was like such a, a rough uh, a situation that I'd never really quite been in before. And, and it, it's, yeah, it was long story short. I don't want to get into it because it's like, it's actually kind of sad, but like that was, it was about that dude's unhappiness and uh, you know, yeah. that dude's outlook on life more so than it was about like this kid who, you know, yeah. wasn't, you know, exactly uh, crushing the art Blakey parts. You know, but that's kind of amazing too, that you were able to get a different perspective on it. Cause it's like, it's so yeah. seldom that that happens when you like, yeah. you know, it's more often, yeah. especially when we, when I go over this in my head or when we talk about this with other people, it's like one passing in instance, you know, you meet mm-hmm. someone, mm-hmm. they have a negative view of you or, or whatever you don't know. And then you never see them or hear from yeah. them again, you know, but like actually having right. that, seeing the other side of it. Um, that's kind of amazing. Um, yeah. So I mean, I su- I sucked. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you were but starting I mean, out. You, know. you were you were growing. <laughs> uh, I'm not a professional musician at all. Um, but I used to play a lot when I was younger, and I remember. And I would take you know lessons with this like serious like jazz dude every week, and 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 everything. And then someone invited me to come play. At this blues club in Phoenix I like where this is going. That I was not, I was not ready, and it's because her dad was like a local guy yeah. who played around all the time, and she wanted to do these songs, and I was like, "Sure, yeah, like no problem, I can do it." And I got up there, yeah, and I just I ate shit oh, hard, God. just like the really worst. hard. It was bad. It was it was bad news, and then I. I felt so bad and so embarrassed and so embarrassed for right, right. her for inviting me to do it in the first place. And I just, after I got done, I just practiced all the time. And, and then I went into my next lesson and my teacher was like, what the fuck happened? And I was like, what do you mean? He was you like, got better. you're like way, like you are much better this oh, week wow. than you were last week. And I was like, I ate shit in front of a room full of yeah older strangers and he was like that's how that's right, how you yeah. develop as, as like that's how you do it that's how I you get so. past it like yeah yeah he's like that's, you just that's one you way. just keep eating uh, shit I, yeah yeah i mean the, the, the one sort of avenue i wanted to go down and mark you can kind of flesh this out because i think this is actually kind of more your idea but it came from something that you mentioned that we, we had a guest uh tamar adler who was talking about the food world you know, and her, and her kind of thing was that, like, you know, faking it wasn't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a specific thing for the kitchen because you kind of can't do it there. She was like, the recipe is either made correctly or not. Right. Um, the, you either did it right or you didn't, and you can't fake yeah. your way through that. I was wondering about that and drumming, right? Because it always strikes me when you watch bands, you know, like 
almost any other, I would say any other musician on stage can get away with fucking up. Like any yeah. a, a keyboardist, a guitarist, whoever, a set, whatever instrument you play, yeah. you can mess up. And, and it won't really matter that much, but you cannot fuck up as a drummer. Everyone will notice if you fuck up as a drummer. So I was just kind of wondering if this sort of same no pressure situation. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know no, what I, I mean, do. Right? Listen, Every- I know very well. What I, I, it's you're you're right on, man. I mean, it's so true. I mean, it's like I love playing guitar. Like I love playing guitar in a band. It's just like you're just like riding a wave. You know, it's like uh-huh. you know, it's like I mean. You you get in that zone too as a drummer, but yeah, it's like you can't. You're you're totally right. You can't. There's, you can't really fake it. I mean, that it's something that I think about a, a lot um, in in regards to you know one of I think you know, the best rock bands ever is Led Zeppelin, and it's not like you know that's not like a wild opinion, but they have like a guitar player who's excellent and messes up constantly. Like he's he's like he's like dropping notes. He's getting the wrong notes. He's He's going out and doing stuff that's just super weird, you know. And there's mostly in like live recordings and like the the, the studio oh, yeah, recordings man. are great. But John Bonham can't do that. Like he doesn't he doesn't have room to just like. I mean, you can you can. I mean, you can, you've heard you've heard some you've heard some of those bootlegs. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not it's all a, perfect, but it's not it's not. I think at the level where like, yeah, everybody's yeah. holding it together, and Jimmy Page is just like off somewhere else. And you're just like, what? What is going on? So it's- sloppy. But John Bonham. But John Bonham cheats because he plays so far behind the beat that like it's not clear. Oh, it's so you know, he's so wiggly. There's a lot of it's so wiggly. A lot of room for error yeah. in that. It's great though. No, you, Gabe, you're totally right. I mean, you know, I I do. I I think it is also like sometimes I do get some sort of like a little bit of comfort out of like, and I'll listen to, <laughs> especially like our tour manager. And I, um, you know, geek out on Zeppelin a lot. And it's like, you, when you listen to some, some of those shows, man, like there were some really rough. Yeah. I mean, John Paul Jones is rough. actually the only one who's actually holding it oh, down. Oh, dude. I mean, the, the, the fact that that guy doesn't get, I know that people know how great he is, but like, I don't think that people really appreciate John Paul Jones <laughs> yeah. the way they should. Well, his patience and putting up with everybody else. Dude, like, that guy was, um, you know. That guy was amazing. Is amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and then you know, event- I, I do. I do yeah. think he's underrated. And then eventually, he just starts like basically creating the entire record himself for the later stuff. Because who knows? And like, holding those shows together, yeah. man. Like Jesus. Like pages everywhere. Bonham was all over the place. <laughs> it was like JPJ just holding it all down. And I mean, so so, but getting getting back to the thing of like, you know, like a drummer can't fake it. Is that actually? I mean, obviously, you started playing when you were very young. It can't have been the mm-hmm. appeal from the get go. But was that something that sort of like is being that heartbeat? Is is having that responsibility something that inspires you uh, and makes it kind of you know? Is that is that a specialness that you feel when you're playing? that particular aspect of it hmm. um, rather yeah. than just like, yeah, you know, being cool. in a band where everybody's doing their thing. But is it like, right. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I do, I think I never really thought about it exactly, but yeah, I mean, I think that is like sort of what it is for me. I mean, I've just always been so like 
interested in, in sort of, you know, interpersonal dynamics and group dynamics and, and sort of, you know, togetherness. And I just, I guess, I guess, yeah, like that, that is sort of part of what's really special about it is like, you know, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the, the goal in like when you're singing, like in a, in a, in a choir or something, like you want to like, not like the goal is to like, not hear yourself. Yeah. Right. Like you kind of want to like, like to achieve like a blend, you know, you just want to sort of like the ultimate goal, like when things are flowing, you know, you just want it. You're like, you don't even like, you're not really even aware of what you're, what you're doing. Uh, You're just like aware of the whole thing. And I think that that's kind of for me. Yeah. Like the goal, like when things are really flowing, like, which is ultimately like the goal, right? I think, you know, you sort of like that notion of flow and just like when you're just kind of on autopilot, but not not thinking, but you're just like things are happening naturally, and you're not really aware of what you you know like like I'm not like thinking about what I'm doing. Like you're just aware of this like whole to get this togetherness. Yeah, and um, so yeah, that that is very much what it's about. I mean, in in the band you're in now, you know, you're playing in in some cases in front of you know huge audiences and big arenas with enormous mm-hmm. sound systems and very complex sound mm-hmm. systems. And, you know, I think that, like, you know, the little that I know about that is that, like, there's a certain amount of the music happening in that situation that is about smoothing things out so that everything actually does work together technically so that you can just get Mm. out there and play. Is that something that, like, ever are there, you know, I don't even know the sort of technical aspects of it, but are are there aspects of that 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 kind of get in the way of the feeling of togetherness of the feeling of the, you know, that kind of like live in a room together feeling. Right. And, and is it ever sort of like, you know, not in your experience or like with your band, but like, do you see the potential for it to be overdone for things to be overly smoothed out, you know? Oh, they smoothed out. Well, I would say for one thing, like we have the, we have the best crew in the, in the world, like the best crew in the universe, like our stage crew, front of house lights, everything like they're just like truly just like they work all day long you know what i mean like making yeah. everything making sure that like if something's going to go wrong it's like it's human error yeah it's like it's us it's not yeah it's like they everything is like you know so they put they they put us in just like the best you know the best like possible position to like be able to just do to to not worry yeah. Again, like when when you're like sort of looking for that flow, like you don't want to be worrying about like is this thing going to turn on when I hit this thing or like, you know. Yeah. So you eliminate all that. So that's that's the first thing. Like so and then yeah, I mean beyond that, I guess there's this question of like, yeah, how how much do you smooth things, you know, how like how do you prepare for something like that? I mean, I think that what you're just trying to just be natural and be humans playing music together and do i think that like some things are overly smoothed out i mean i don't know i've seen bands that have like a lot of tracks that it's like really tasteful you know yeah. i think it's like possible I mean, you know I, I i'm definitely like not tr- i don't i'm not trying to be like judgy on like a band that's like pl- playing to a lot of tracks but there's some some benefits to that like it can really free you up i mean we there's some like we have some tunes where 
I'll play along with like a, a drum machine yeah. that's like kind of like a, 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 a sonically something that's really important. You know what I mean? Like there's some songs you just want to hear a certain thing or like a certain loop, yeah. like a certain amb- ambient loop that's rhythmic. So I have to be on it. So in effect, that's like a metronome. And I love that. Yeah. Like that's freeing to me. Having a metronome of some sort, preferably like a a drum machine, like that to me is actually freeing. Interesting. Because I just know I can like just lock to that and I just can like get into a thing where, and again, it's almost like that same analogy of like blending your voice in, in like a choir. Like when I don't hear that loop, like that's when, or like if you're recording to a click track, like when you don't hear that click track, you know, you're, you're in there. Yeah. You're locked in there. Mm. I mean, so I used to find that when I was like young, younger, I was much more of a purist about everything, I think. And I would always get so disappointed when I went to go see a band and they were playing along to a track. Right. Like I thought about it as some kind of failing. Right. Right. Like, like a crutch or whatever. And then you see more shows and you see bands that like, for whatever reason, do have that level of, you know, I don't want to say level of purity. Sometimes they're just playing at a small venue and they're a small band and they just, they don't have the resources to do that sort of thing Mm -hmm. or didn't at the time. And then they just play it with the musicians they have on stage. And you're like, man, something is really missing from this song. It's a, it's the vibe is really changed. Yeah. It's a really interesting thing. Like, you know, I'm thinking about it just now. It's like certain songs, you know, like you finish a record, then you're like, okay, how do how do we like as six people convey the feeling and also the, you know, the the sonics of of a song that, you know, maybe has like, you know, 80 tracks. How do how do like yeah. how do six people convey like I think it's a it's always fun kind of getting down to like the breaking a song down like breaking a new song down to just like okay what are the things like what makes this song a song like what what is it exactly like Mm -hmm. is is it what what what's the sonic element that that makes this song a song like obviously you've got melody and you've got a a a rhythmic pattern and all that stuff but like it's fun to kind of like try to try to bring something down to it's like basic core and i feel like sometimes like we, there's like a few songs of 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 ours that you know sort of like are best when they're like you just you like treat them totally differently like you just rethink it yeah like for the live thing then try to like you know try to like bring all of these like special elements that that make it this beautiful like stew like how do you actually convey that you kind of like strip but, it down um, and start again and just sort of like yeah, what's the like, core of this song like, and yeah what's the thing like what's the song like but have you have you ever gone to like speaking of sort of like having things being totally smoothed over and like you know foolproof there's like a dark world of like people intercepting uh, like ear mixes uh, like 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 oh. so, like intercepting the radio frequencies so like you could go on youtube and like you know listen to like you know the edges ear mix. Is that because is that because it's wireless and they're grabbing it? Yeah, it yeah. Like, like I think people are grabbing. Yeah, just... people are grabbing it because it's all frequencies. It's like yeah. you know those 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 transmitters are all sending stuff at a certain frequency. So I think you can you know whatever just tap into if you tap into like that certain frequency, then you can just like you can listen to like Sunday Bloody Sunday like through edges. 
That's years. insane. It's like a, it's like a taper, like a taper community that just tapes these weird tracks. Like, <laughs> dude, go down it, man. I'm telling you, it's a wormhole. What do you, what do you learn? What do you learn from listening to? Because, like, I would, I, I would be totally fascinated to hear. It's incredibly what's fascinating. I mean, some people want to like just hear themselves. And like the thing that they need, like, you know, I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I mean, I'll listen to like Edge's mix. I think I, I think almost all all of them are on there. And it's it's wild. They, you know, like it'll be like there'll be like cannons, like count the song. And then like then after like some intro, it'll be like Edge, two, three, four, <laughs> boom. Whoa. You know what I mean? So it's just like, but, you know, maybe that's totally freeing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's totally Obviously, that's they're locking into tracks, and so, but that's like how it, you know. Yeah, he's like, like, this allows what, me to do the thing that I gotta here. do. I've just, yeah, yeah, and um, and then you know, so I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, you can you can check it out, but like you know, it's 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 pretty wild. Actually, our our tour manager like always has a pack too, and he'll sometimes you can scroll. So like because everybody on stage has their own individual mix. Yeah. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. like I have what I need to hear and mm-hmm. to be free and and feel like I'm in the moment. And obviously like a singer needs to hear what a singer needs to hear. And everybody's got their own things, you know, it's also relates to like where they are spatially on the stage and what they need more of. But sometimes he'll scroll through. I think I have like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I just like to hear a little bit of everybody, you know, like I just blah, blah, blah. I want everything, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, dude, I listen to your mix. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess, you know, whatever. When there's like a song with like track, you know, with like a drum, loop or something like i have it blasting because you know yeah. you want to lock you know i need yeah. to be locked into that but um it's it's so funny when you talk about like because you just said like a minute ago right well it's all about like being together and like making <laughs> right music right, together right. but you are all hearing we're hearing completely different yes, things i know man as you're doing it i know <laughs> it's listen it's it's a it's it's a it's such a weird thing and it's like yeah like when you make that switch for one thing like to to ears you know like when you go to inner monitors rather than like having sound pumping off uh, out of uh, speakers on the yeah. stage uh that's you know that's a different world yeah. you know but it's 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 cool like i could hear everything now yeah so i would argue that we're more together cuz i can hear every nuance of like what what's happening with the piano or like mm-hmm. every nuance of every guitar um, rather than just fighting the elements and just like hanging on for dear life from whatever mayhem is getting and constantly like pointing to people speaker being into like my left down, ear. Yeah. 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 Um, I think we should probably uh, take a break before we yeah. go into this next section. We've been going for, for a bit. So okay, let's good. take a quick break. Okay. And then we'll, and we'll continue okay. this. Uh, All right. We come back. I'll talk to you in a second. All right. All right. Welcome back. Uh, we're here with our guest, Charlie Hall from The War on Drugs. He is quarantining in Philadelphia. We are quarantining in New York City. So we're going to get... Separately in New York City, not in the same No, no, not together. Uh, we've covered that before. We are not actually roommates. We live separately. We have totally separate lives. It's true. Uh, so... Um, separate rooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like... A term that gets thrown around a lot and something that you actually brought up in some of our like pre-episode discussions was imposter syndrome. And I want you to sort of talk about that 
you know, mm-hmm. like you're, you know, you're playing with a band that tours hard and has a, like big shows and is, you know, you, you've got to be, you know, fairly confident in that. And so I am sort of curious, like how that, how that feeling comes about in you. Not that it's like unthinkable, just like, you know, what is it, what, what role does it play in your life as somebody? And especially mm-hmm. as you said, like, you know, you're, I mean, everybody's central to the band. The band is ideally, as you said, like functioning as a sort of organism, but mm-hmm. you know, you're also like holding it down. Like you're holding the beat down in front of like all these people. So like, <laughs> you know, when do you feel like you don't know enough or you don't, you know, you don't have enough or whatever, like, mm. What are those kind of, I don't know, moments? Yeah, or... no, no, no. I mean, it's it's real, man. I mean, imposter syndrome is like, it's, it's a real thing. I, I, you know, I guess I've always been a little kind of like, like in my life, I'm like confident in certain areas, you know, like I'm pretty, you know, reasonably confident, like you know, in, in like a social situation or like interpersonally, like I have some, you know, a degree of confidence, like, but you know, like when it comes to like, and you know, with music, like I, I, it's not like I lack confidence totally when it comes to music, because I, it's like something I've always, you know, I think I, you know, having an understanding of like all the, you know, playing piano and playing guitar and playing bass, like has helped me in life, like you know being a part being a part of different bands and like that's that that does like i really enjoy that like i enjoy you know um and i think it's like one of the cool things about you know my band now is like everyone plays every instrument you know mm. there's like there's like six drummers in this band and six <laughs> guitar players and you know six piano players like everybody plays everything and so like everyone has an understanding of like what each other is doing so that that's something that gives me confidence. But, you know, I didn't go to conservatory and I'm not like a I'm not like a hot shot, like, you know, choppy drummer. So I, I think I definitely, you know, that's not my comfort zone. Going back to what we were talking about, talking about before, like, you know, playing like, you know, playing like more like straight ahead jazz gigs. Everybody's like kind of like just going and back and forth and comping and, you know, just like. Sort of a little bit of show offy stuff that just like really turned me off, you know, like that like yeah. acrobatic, like swaggery thing. And I'm not saying like that's what all jazz is, but I think like at the time, like just like that was like the world a little bit that that you encounter sometimes. But so there's that, you know, I'm like not like a, a train, you know, I never really like take lessons, you know, like yeah. I, I feel like I have, I, I do, I feel like I have a voice, you know, and I, I do feel confident, like. And I, you know, I, I really appreciate, like, I really appreciate, like, that, you know, people, you know, like that thing, you know, um, but I, um, I do, you know, there's a little bit of like when, when you are like in a band that is, you know, no, you know, is noticed by like maybe more people than, than before or something, it's like, you're like. Am I I'm, am I that guy? Like, am I the guy that people think I am? Like, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, like, you know, it's just like yeah. a nat- to me, it's just like such a natural feeling of like, oh man. Or like when I get like other jobs, you know, like when I like get like recording gigs, you know, I'll, I'll like show up and be like, yeah, oh man, like, am I gonna like be that 
person that they think I am or like, you know, like, am I going to do, you know, that, that it, it, it actually, it, it manifests itself sometimes in, in those situations. Like you're going to walk into a studio and they're going to be like, all right, well, here's what we're working with. And you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Like I actually. Right. Like, oh, I'm oh, kind of not the right you person. You should have called Terry Bozio. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, am I, you know, obviously, like, when, it, you know, if you get a call for something, you're like, you know, it's, it's like, you just hope that you can serve the music, like, the best way that you can, and so that's just what I always try to do, and, um, you know, fortunately, it's like, you know, usually, you know, works out well, but it's like, yeah, that, that like, that feeling, I, I just can totally relate to, uh, you know, I know it's like such a cliche, like, over... Yeah, used thing, but like it really like imposter syndrome. It's like I think it's a very, very basic like human, um, human feeling. So, imposter syndrome in the last however many years, fairly recently, has become this kind of pervasive term. It's been named right, and um, it's something that many, many, maybe most people have like said that they've experienced at one point or another and i get the uh, i get the suspicion that like, even people who haven't who don't claim to have experienced it actually have experienced mm-hmm. it probably and don't want to admit it uh, out of some misplaced sense of shame or something or sh- sense of pride and it makes me wonder like if it's so pervasive like is evolution like built this thing into us in some way the same way that we have like a fight or flight instinct well, and also, even though we know that everybody feels this to some extent, you know, when they're doing something new or when they're doing something a little different or, you know, in any given situation, and yet we still feel this sense of shame, like we're the only people experiencing it, you know, because I think that is, what's funny is that like, Charlie, you talking about like going to a new gig, like doing a recording for like, whatever, some like commercial uh-huh. thing or whatever. It's like, yeah, every time I start a new job, I'm like, do they know who they hired? Like, right, am, I, right. am I the guy who has the skills to do this job? Right. And like, usually it turns out that I am and that's fine. And it doesn't, but there's never any like, oh yeah, it's fine. Everything's cool. And I'll not worry about that ever again. It's just like, it just keeps happening. I mean, I think with age, it gets a little bit less intense. You know, like there were definitely like moments in my early life where I was like, I'm not the person that could do this thing. I feel, I feel like it has a, to me and this is just my personal experience and it's sort of conditioned by grad school, which is a weird situation. Like I went into graduate school having a massive chip on my shoulder and like really had something to prove. And so I always wanted to be like the smartest person there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was only kind of later in my grad career when I got a little bit older that I was like, wow, I don't know a lot of stuff. And that's partially a function of like, you know, once you learn more, the more you learn, the more you learn that you, that there's so much more that you don't know and all of that. Um, But as a young person, I didn't really experience it that much. I was always like very, I think just an aggressive person in that way. And, and, and because of various other things I've mellowed and, and been kind of chastened, uh, uh, variously, that I'm much more tentative about that that stuff now than I than I used to be. I'm second guess myself a lot more now than I mm. used to. I think just in the sense where I I'm much more likely now to be like, 
is what I said true? Like, do, like yeah. I need to like back up and, and double check this. Yeah, I mean, the other like main ingredient in all this, right, is is the sort of like human element of like how does one you know how does one react to that feeling? Like, do you retreat or do you like put your head down and go forward? You know, it's like. Yeah, do you do you over do you overplay? Do you underplay? Do you just get so mm. tangled up in your head? You, you know, you know what I mean. It's like mm. everyone, I think, responds differently to this. I think you're right that I, you know, I just can't imagine like anyone not truly not not having that feeling on some level. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so yes, yeah, like how do you? And I think that with age, maybe comes some confidence of just like, hey, like I'm I'm just gonna be me, and like. <laughs> If this isn't if if me isn't like right for this thing, then cool, whatever. Yeah, just I'll I'll exit the situation. Sure, I'll, or whatever. I'll, I'll let like, myself out. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I was you know I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna fake it. Yeah, to to look at it from a different a, sl- a slightly different angle, like you obviously you're spending a lot of time with fellow musicians with your bandmates. Mm-hmm. You know a ton about music. I know that um, they do too. Mm. Are there um, you know, I was talking at the beginning of this about new age, something I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a total, total noob, you know, and, but I'm like fascinated and astonished that like there's this great genre that I'm mm-hmm. keen on now and mm-hmm. can learn about. And I have no qualms about not knowing anything, but like, do you encounter stuff like when you're on tour, you know, whether it's with just other, other bands that you meet or other people that you meet or with your own bandmates where like, they're like, Oh, do you uh, do you know about this thing? And you're mm-hmm. like, I've never heard of that. What are you talking about? Like, and it's right. either like astonishing or not. I don't know. Yeah, there's like things that like you talk about over, but then you know, there's like there are like these things that happen over time. Like, you know, you know, like everyone is watching Game of Thrones except for you. <laughs> and so you gotta like hear like you know 20 hours of the day like to talk about like dragons and you know <laughs> whatever like yeah. this whole other universe which I actually lo- I loved it cause it was like it was so close to like another language it was English <laughs> that was being spoken <laughs> but it was kinda like it was re- I, I, I really actually I, I, you know, there, first of all, there was no like point in faking it. It's like, it wasn't like a subtle thing of like people talking about like a record or something that I thought I right. felt like I should know about. And so I kind of like went along with it, like as if I was, you know, sort of like down with it, but you know, right. and like, did, like, did all your research and then found out sure, about it sure. and came back. But, like yeah. the game of Thrones thing was really fun. Cause it was just like, Oh my God, like this is, I can't, this is so wild. I can't even believe like the words that I'm hearing coming out of everyone's mouths. <laughs> With it was such gusto. It would be funny if in the middle of the tour, you just all of a sudden switched and pretended like you knew what Game of Thrones was about. Right. And you were right. just like, you're just like, oh, man. Like, yeah, Baelish, no way, right? Yeah, no no way Snow would do that, man. Yeah. No. Come on. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, you guys see me every day, but somehow I've managed to watch all seasons of Game yeah, of Thrones up. without telling oh my you. God. And now I know everything. Uh, one um, tour, Robbie watched the entire Sopranos in his bunk, like, you know, during like, you know, sleeping hours and like morning, you know, sort of idle hours. It's like, 
Oh man, that was that was amazing. That's another that's another show I have never seen. But you know, to to you know, I can't. You know, it's hard to think of like an actual like um, an actual like record or band. You know, that that's sort of come up where I felt like the need to pretend like I, you know, knew about it or something. I mean, there've definitely been yeah. like I could definitely like think of some moments in my life where like I heard something for the first time and I was just like, Oh my God, like where has that been my whole life? Yeah. You know, like where, like why didn't anybody tell me this? Like why, yeah. like why did you guys all not like, how did you not know that this is like my favorite thing mm-hmm. in the world that I've just heard and nobody told me about it? Well, and you I know? think when I was, when I was younger and that happened to me, I felt there was a sort of, subtle shame of like i should have known i should have i should have done the work or i don't even know what it's like this isn't my job you know like to like know about it right but now it's it's definitely like you know whatever i've grown personally and now like i definitely feel it just feels great it just feels like why didn't anybody tell me about this and also like i'm so glad i found it and now i can like dig in i love it man yeah i love it just to like put a finer point on it like i i personally don't like love the power element of that because it kind of like you know it just sort of takes it takes a sort of something out of it well it's funny you know like there's i haven't watched it but there's um there's this new uh uh the show um it was a movie high fidelity there's a new high fidelity series on on netflix that people have did you watch it i haven't watched it uh i i mean to but I've heard sort of mixed reviews, but mm-hmm. thinking about the old movie and I saw a couple of articles that were like, it does not hold up. And I think that like, whatever, I'll, I'll probably always love that movie to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, John Cusack is, is very, you know, sympathetic no matter mm-hmm. how much of a jerk he is. But like, is he a jerk that, in that, that movie? Is, is he? No, no, no. In real life. Oh, I thought you meant in, Oh, you mean, oh, in I the just movie. mean in his, okay, as a, as an actor. Uh, um, but what, what I would say is, that, I was like, like, wait, do you, do you not think no. he's a jerk in that movie? No, he's a total jerk. That's the whole <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but thought, like that sorry. jerkiness was like, I think it was just like a far more active type of person, a type of personality in a different era that kind of defined, especially how music was shared yeah, or not man. shared, you know, or sort of gate, gate kept by people that I think gladly has sort of disappeared. Um, and it's kind of like, Absolutely. That's sort of like the foundations of like some of what we talk about here, you know, it's like, I think it's so, I think you're totally right, man. And I think like this, the whole access, the, the fact that we all have access to basically anything, everything now has one really cool, uh, byproduct of, of that, um, is is I think that it does it just sort of t- it, it it takes away that that dynamic of like gatekeeping it's just like that whole like idea of like a record collection you know it's like oh yeah. I have this like I have that well sure like but like do you listen to that yeah or do it's you like that yeah. it's not like yeah. a baseball card and it's like now you know with, with with this sort of I think one cool really cool thing about um you know this access this sort of open access to everything is like it eliminates that it's just like well you know i like this yeah or i hear you know it it doesn't it's not about ownership or like you know this this like 
group of this this stack of records that makes you cool because you have them. Like, I mean, yeah. who, I, who cares? I like as a I don't know when that movie came out. I must have been a junior, maybe or a senior in high school. Um, that resonated so much with me that shithead record clerk attitude because Mm -hmm. that was something that I that was the kind of dynamic in my group of friends Uh, was that it was totally competitive (laughs) everything was competitive I mean everything absolutely everything was competitive um, like viciously competitive and you know whoever had you know could find the more obscure band you know all of that shit yeah 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 and cool hunting it's like inarguably good that I think that has gone away yeah. because it was, it clearly was like damaging and traumatizing to, to even, even those of us who thought of ourselves as, as knowing stuff, but though, you know, but I didn't really, I didn't know half, half of what I thought I did. And yeah, but at the same time, it's very difficult for me to let go of that kind of primal attachment to that way mm-hmm. of thinking about things. There will always be something that is kind of like perversely satisfying about mm-hmm. that way of talking and thinking about things, even though I, yeah. I think I've, I've probably outgrown it at this point, I hope. Um, you know, so it, to me, it's a very, it, it's difficult because I think like that, the aspect of the sort of like, democratization of culture and the accessibility of all this stuff is like is is great that that aspect of it is great um but there's always part of me that like that's just not how i came up so that's it's always going to be a little bit alien and like bewildering to me right right i mean i think it provides opportunities because i think i think it's kind of like i still and charlie we don't need to get into this but like because i feel like you have an opinion slightly different from mine but like for example <laughs> oh, we wouldn't want where that is this going where is this for going example, for yeah, example, I don't I don't well I someone don't like, like someone Gabe like knows Billy I don't Joel, like conflict someone like Billy oh, Joel oh, who I who oh, I do oh, not like oh. who yeah, I do not like yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm 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 also I actually relish the occasions where somebody comes at me not comes at me but comes right, to right, me right. and and it's like oh man like you know I'm complaining about Billy Joel or it just comes up or whatever. And they're like, you gotta, you just gotta listen to these records <laughs> and just, you know, I love like, it. you know, what is it? Liberty, Liberty Valentine, Valen- what is his name? Uh, uh, oh, Liberty DeVito. Liberty DeVito. You know, just like, just people talking about the band, the band members. I and know. I'm like, and I'm like, maybe I gotta, maybe I gotta look into these guys. Like, and then I, I don't do, know. And I'm not I, sure you do, Gabe. No, I mean you. You don't. But it's like you what don't. I'm saying is, it's like it's a chance to kind of just I'm be tell like, you I don't know. Right now, maybe you, don't. you know. Can't you just say, I like not liking Billy Joel. I well, yeah. derive pleasure from not liking Billy Joel. Whatever. I mean, we've all got some, that band, what, right? Whatever. I, I mean, get, we've yeah. all whatever. got a couple bands that we choose to just like say yeah. we don't like, right? Yeah. That you're yeah. not sure if you really don't like them, but you made a decision at some point in your life. You're like, I don't like this band, and so yeah. you just. But stick I think with it, it. it's much more complicated than like like or dislike. I just mean there's a kind of negative pleasure in being like, fuck that band because it's unreasonable and irrational and yeah. And what is it really about? 
Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. know. Um I'm yeah. sure it's about me like liking to to piss people off at a certain at a certain level and uh but well if, but, but my but my pleasure is no less real uh you know yeah. than 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 yours Billy Joel fan not you but probably, that's very but. big of you to 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 realize that it's not, <laughs> it's not it's actually not that big of you anymore but it's like big of you in the in the wider sense of like we should all strive to be that way be like it's cool that you like that thing that I think is not good. Hey, why um, doesn't why doesn't Mark like fancy beer? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing we've established. That the well, reason- <laughs> that's a, that's a whole another hour and a half. Yeah, or for a doctor, yeah. not me. S- several thousand dollars of therapy, I'm sure. So I, I got a couple more questions that I want to ask you, Charlie, okay. about sort of like socializing uh, on tour, mm-hmm. which is you know you guys tour a lot, and um, mm-hmm. when you're touring, you haven't toured you haven't toured for a little while now. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you got some stuff in the works I, I, I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing is just like, you know, you're playing, you know, you're playing a fair number of like festivals or, mm-hmm. you know, you have openers and stuff, but you, when you play a festival, there's like a lot of backstage, I assume, just kind of hanging out, meeting people, meet and greet, you yeah, know, just yeah. like, oh, you guys are playing this bill. I love your, I love your record or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Does that, um, you know, I, I also assume that those interactions are often pretty shallow, pretty like, just kind of like why am i why am i talking to this person yeah you know and you, probably you have some self defense from from doing that too much but does that is that sort of wearisome to have those i don't know or 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 is it is it different than that is it is it like you're actually trying to make th- real connections with I, some I think it's different I, I to be honest i do think it's different you know cuz it's like there are there's definitely the shallow um, stuff and you know, as people, everyone's coming at these experiences from a different place. You know what I mean? Like a festival, for example. Like you got a bunch of you know, bunch of bands, and some of them are you know, young bands. It's like the first time they're like sort of experiencing this thing, and it's they're just like it's like sort of this new this new normal for them or something. And it's just like yeah. whoa, oh my god, like oh, you know. Or, you know, you get, like, bands that are just, like, grinding and, like, it's another, you know, fucking festival and you're, like, sitting in a fucking trailer for three hours, you know, or it's, like, you know, somewhere in between. So, you know, there's, like, yeah, I mean, but I, I, I think that, like, not to be, like, too contrarian, but I, I, I really, like, value like some of some of the connections that I've made or that 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 can happen and like you know just sort of real connections and and real friendships have happened from that from that sort of stuff you know or just nice interactions and that's that then it's out yeah. off in, in the ether and like you know you never see those guys again but like honestly like there's some like real like sort of sincere like great friendships that that I've formed you know, like over the last 10, 15, 20 years, like from those exact type of interactions. Is there ever any trepidation when you, you know, you happen to be in a vicinity of somebody who's like a hero or whatever, mm. you know, obviously like yeah, every, yeah, when, he, when he was still like alive, that. like if, if you were like, if I ever like, you know, was in a situation where I could introduce myself to Lou Reed, I would not do that because mm. I think it would well, probably yeah. go very that's, poorly. I mean, 
no, 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 no one should ever there... introduce themselves to Lou Reed. No. Yeah. But <laughs> are there say, situations I'd where say, it feels go with your gut? Awkward. Go with your gut on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think everyone's different, to be honest yeah. with you. Like every everyone is just you know, some people don't want to meet their heroes. And I like right. totally um I totally respect that. You know, like personally, like I I I uh you know, I I do. Like I, yeah. I, I, I do, you know, if it's somebody that I let is like significant to me, like important to me, like I just like, yeah, like I, I want to meet him. Like, um, I'm willing to like roll the dice of like the disappointment of, you know, ah, oh, man, it's a fucking <laughs> asshole. <You know? laughs> who's like, a, who's a person that you've met where you rolled the dice and it went well? I don't, I'm not sure that I've ever like been faced with that kind of like, I probably have, I'd have to think about it a little bit, but I mean, had some fun, you know, interactions with people that were just like, Oh, that was, that was, that was wild. You know, like, like with Snoop, you know, like Snoop was next to like next to us at Coachella. And it was just sort of, I guess we were all kind of like around out there. He was, he was hanging out. I was just, I guess I, I guess I, started a conversation with him because I was just like, cause everyone was like, you know, holy shit, that's fucking stupid. I was like, well, he's like rolling a joint, like sitting there like five <laughs> feet away. Like, so I started what are the talking. Odds? Yeah. Um, and it was like really fun. We had like really like awesome, nice, hilarious conversation. And like, you know, everyone got involved and it was super fun. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I'm not sure like who, um, you know, to answer your question, who would be that person that I was just like, I have to meet that guy. It's just like, you know, you just kind of like run into people along the way. Yeah. I did have a moment in like, I was young. I mean, it must have been 1997 and I was uh, in San Francisco and I was like at like a Banana Republic or something downtown <laughs> in the middle of the day. I remember so- it, like I had just gotten off of a tea. I was, I was like substitute teaching. And I'd just gotten off of a off of a job and I was in there, it was like nobody in the store, and Joni Mitchell was in this fucking place with who it turns out was her daughter who she had just that month like reunited with. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like Whoa. you know the story, like the yeah. you know, her her daughter, you know, it was like all all the songs are about and, and she was in the store and I was just I got like it was like one of the few moments in my life where I just was like fully Full on, you know, you know, it was like Joni Mitchell. You know, like this is like the great to me, in my opinion, like you know, the greatest like, oh, yeah. living absolutely yeah. musician. And um, and I was just like, I, I was like, there's some guy full in shirts. I was like, do you fucking know who that is right over there? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> no, no. Yes, he had no idea. And so, but I didn't want to like bother her. Like I didn't well, yeah, know. That's it, a, that's I didn't know at the moment. time. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't gonna like. I didn't. I I can't remember if I had heard the story yet or not of like her re reuniting, um, with her daughter. But anyway, I was like, you know, freaking out. And so like she left and I did do the thing where I like bumped into her on the street, you know, bumped into mm-hmm. her, like, you know, just happened to like be at the corner where she walked to. And I was just like, I like sort of was able to just squeak out. I was like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like ran away. Yeah, I just like was saying, I like said thank you, and I fucking ran because I was so nervous. Yeah, and like, but I, um, yeah. Well, this kind of dovetails into uh, into my my last question, which is which is about interactions with fans. 
Um, uh-huh. And like, it, does that does that feel, you know, I'm sure it feels all kinds of ways, but does it ever feel, you know, does it ever sort of lead me into sort of feeling false, like smiling for a photo with somebody or just taking a moment to mm. listen to somebody's, you know, story or whatever, mm-hmm. just because they like your music. And again, you're playing, you know, in many cases, big venues and with like mm-hmm. lots of fans and who knows who these people are. But like, mm-hmm. is that something that you, you know, don't do that often interact with fans or is there something you find compelling about it? Um, you know, sort of where do you fall on that? I mean, I think, you know, like you and all of us, like I'm, I'm a fan Mm -hmm. of music. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like I am, I just feel like, when somebody uh, you know comes up to me or has been waiting for three hours in the rain like by the bus to like say hi or something like i um you know i'm like as much that person as i am me you know so like i i i try to personally like yeah you know, i just try to like make it a point to to always you know, honor that like dynamic and just like, you know, yeah. Like, dude, you're, you're uh, like, thank you. Like, I, I'm so glad that you're, you know, like moved by this thing, whatever it is, like why ever it is. Like, I think it's like, I think it's super cool. Like I, you know, like the, the community, like one, one thing I, I, I am starting to like get a better sense of is like the community of people that come like I'll, I'll see like people, you know, in front, you know, and, and, and yeah, I can see like where I, in my vantage point is kind of like, you know, I'm up, I can like sort of see what's going on. That's sort of yeah. like my, my job, you know, like sort of like checking in with everybody in the band, what we're playing. It's like, you know, it's sort of like, Hey, how are you doing? You cool? Everybody cool? Everybody feeling good? Like we're, this is happening. This is good. And like, but I can also see like, you know, a little bit like out front, um, and you know, you like start to like recognize, but you know, I started to like, I was like, oh man, like I saw those people like, you know, be like in like San Diego, like I saw those people in Seattle last week or like, you uh, know, you start to re- yeah. realize that there's people that are traveling around with you and it's like, and, and then over time, like you see them, you know, like you, you, you meet them and, you know, because they're, they're hanging out and waiting and, and it's it's I I totally think I I, I just personally that's that I I'm like one hundred percent you know this is like a privilege like to to do this like this job like it, it it's 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 a privilege and and I'm like try to always you know be respectful of or mindful of that and you know like I'm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great that somebody wanted to, you know, travel and spend their hard-earned bread to like come see us play these songs. So yeah, to answer your question, I'm just super grateful that that um I'm able to do this, you know? And it's yeah. like it's it's it really is. It's it's um it's a privilege. Cool. Well, that seems like a great uh and and beautiful point to end on and uh I think so. Thank you so much for joining us, Charlie. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, it's good to see you too. It was yeah, this is so great. Thank you so much for for coming and and hanging out during our 
our lockdown episodes and the lockdown in general. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you both look great. Thanks. Oh, Likewise. Really. Charlie. Gabe's, Gabe's that's t-shirt. The I, that's the boost I needed. <laughs> you know, that's going to get me through another Good. day. I'm glad I got All right. Well, all right. Thanks yeah. all. And thanks Take for care. listening. Thanks, all Take right. care. Bye. Bye, everybody.